What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another week of the Three Things Podcast. Super excited to bring back the resident DJ, John Moljo. If you just heard resident DJ and you thought I was the resident DJ, you're not technically wrong, but John has been dubbed the resident DJ. I think John has been on, gosh, probably eight, nine, ten times now. I'm not sure. John is my best friend in the whole wide world. He owns a gym out in, and I butchered it on the pod. I'm going to butcher it now. It is in Shrub Oak. I got that right. Shrub Oak, New York. Um, John and I had a great conversation talking about growth, um, growth for a gym owner, growth for personal trainers. And then we dive into a little bit. I give John the floor. I asked John the question of, of what does he want to talk about? Unprecedented on the Three Things podcast. And John talks a little bit about more of the... I'll say that the technician side of being a personal trainer, which is something John and I don't normally talk about because him and I always jam on business and business concepts and things like that. So it's really cool to see John talk about just a all encompassing coaching experience. Um, and then he talks about things that he's uh, interested in right now and, and what he's got coming down the hopper. Before we get started with John, I just want to let you guys know, if you haven't seen it, you heard it in the last podcast, there is a workout ebook on my website right now, www.purposefulstrength.com. You'll see a link for that in the show notes. There is a free workout ebook called Three Workouts for When You Don't Want to Work Out. Definitely check that out. Um, If not for anything, just some ideas for your training sessions, but um, just three of my go-to style workouts for when I don't feel like working out. And I think that it is just... uh, it's just something good to good to have, right? Like it's just something good to know, good to lean on. And if you've been in, ever in a rut, you know you just need some, a Band-Aid to get through. Uh, maybe it's a week, maybe it's a couple of days, maybe it's just one day. You just need something to switch it up um, and keep progress moving forward. So make sure to check that out. It's a free download, purposefulstrength.com. There's a link in the show notes, three workouts for when you don't want to work out. And let's get to it. On the other side of the music, John Moulton. podcast the resident dj is back for i think we're like are we double digits this might be double digits i should go do a formal count but this is at least eight uh john moljo owner of team moljo strength conditioning in mayo pack shrub oak shrub oak it's north of new york city uh shrub oak new york john how are you in this fine friday morning doing very well on this fine friday morning the weather is great here in shrub oak new york (laughs) you think you'd uh you know know the location at this point but yeah i mean i almost said peekskill would have been that would have been a better guess i i mean i know jefferson county jefferson valley jefferson valley yeah, Westchester county Uh, it's it's uh it's all upstate right like you're all it's all upstate Depends on who you ask. I know, but that's uh, typically the general consensus is north of Yonkers is upstate. If you're from the New York, if you're from yeah. the city, do you consider yourself upstate? I do not. I it's I north of Albany. I no longer consider myself upstate after going to SUNY Plattsburgh. That's very that's real upstate. So people who say that upstate is upstate, when you ask them what Plattsburgh is, they say Canada. 
Right. No, no after, you know, when, when growing up and living in the Bronx, yes, anything north of essentially Yonkers was upstate and the great, un, the great unknown. <laughs> I think, John, I think the last time you were on, um, it was earlier, earlier this year, I think gyms were kind of coming out of COVID. Um, I say coming out of, but I think you had just gotten the green light from your crazy governor to like, to open you know what i mean like all the different like regulations and stuff new york gyms had to do uh i will spare i'll spare the listeners a covid rant but um let me ask you this and this is a good good question to start with going into summer 2021 what what are your expectations right like going into our second summer with covid as a as a thing um with last summer like you know it was a total shit show but yeah. what are your just give us some general expert like what do you think is going to happen for t- this summer 2021 so my expectation is for the business to have growth that's always been the expectation you know last last summer obviously with the business being closed and you know the the world kind of figuring itself out our mindset was just kind of hold the line as best as we can and continue to do a good job servicing the people that continue to work with us virtually outside. Um, but now as we enter, you know, summer 2021, we have less restrictions. We have more people coming into the facility. They are, people are trying to get some normalcy back in their life. So this year will be no different than uh, the expectations I have any other year. You know, we have a summer camp that we're going to try and pack out with some kids and, you know, we might have some protocols or or guidelines to follow and that's fine but growth continue to put out a good service to our members and continue to rock this business the way we know it could rock i like that and i i have a follow-up question and, and it's not one of the things but um it's it's really like so and this is more i think like it's going to i think the the answer is going to be like owner's preference but like you as an owner when you talk about growth like how do you quantify growth of your gym at this point? Um, is it, is it like year over year? Is it, um, more efficiency with staff? Like for you as, as a guy who's, I mean, you've owned a gym for how many years now? Six, six, right. Second, like you're in your second location, like your gym has expanded. It's grown. Like for you, what are some, I guess a better way to phrase the question is what are growth metrics that you what do you pay attention to when you say growth? Like what, what constitutes healthy growth for you? Definitely top line revenue, but you know, you can't just watch your top line revenue if you don't really have good structures and good margins set in place. So for us, it's essentially going to be top line revenue. And, you know, we have different profit centers, personal training, small group training, group classes, and all of these profit centers essentially contribute to our top line revenue. So if top line revenue is going up and those are our three primary contributing factors, then we know we're getting growth in those areas. Um, so it would essentially be that in a nutshell, right? And then if you really wanted to reverse engineer and get really specific with all of those different profit centers, it could be, you know, how many personal training clients do we have? What's the training frequency for each of those clients? What's the rate contract commitments that each of those clients are on and essentially what's the expense that we have associated to fulfilling those sessions for classes same thing how many class members do we have 
how many classes are we offering? What's the contracts commitments each of these people have? And then what's the expenses associated with, you know, making sure we're running a healthy group class program. And essentially same thing with private training. So those are gonna be the three primary areas we look for growth uh, in the business. And then we have, you know, I guess you can call it, those are our, our big compound lifts. And then we have like accessory work that helps the business function, right? And this could be, uh, we run challenges, we run different programs, kind of things that will incentivize people who are maybe on the fence about coming into the facility, uh, giving them some type of, you know, smaller commitment, maybe a little bit more cost-effective option to give us a shot. We have our summer camp that we're gonna be running, different workshops. So these are all kind of accessory things that will help um, kind of add to the business, but primary focus is essentially going to be top line revenue and obviously expenses, right? As the revenue continues to grow, your business will therefore take on some new expenses. So if you've got good structures and good margins set in place, as you continue to grow, the business will grow healthy, health, healthily, um, you know, with profit and I don't want to say minimizing your expenses. Everyone's goal is to minimize your expenses, but reality is as you start to grow, there's going to be unavoidable expenses that you have to take on. And that's completely okay. Yeah. I just think that it's, it's always interesting. Cause I, you know, if I talk to, um, you know, someone who is more like at my level, like a, a manager of a department, we talk about growth. Like it's, sometimes it's, it's a reference to number of members. It's a number of, of people or services. Maybe we want to grow and add another profit center like you're talking about. Um, you know, and, and then to talk to an owner who's like, you know, it is top line revenue, but, and, and then they just gave like the in-depth explanation of what really right. drives top line revenue, I think is right. something that um, personal trainers just, I think sometimes think like to drive for growth, it's more clients or for growth, it's a bigger gym. And like, they're right. kind of like, that's not, I mean, it is a, those are our staples of growth, but I think there's just a lot more to it. And people don't really respect yeah. the different pieces that go into true growth. Right, look, we can have, you know, a two to three hour conversation about it, right? Top line revenue and then, you know, bottom line revenue is important, right? It all comes down to essentially what you keep, you know, if. If your business is making a million dollars, but it's costing you $999,000 to run it, then who the hell cares that you have a million dollar business if you're only keeping a thousand dollars right at the end of the month. So, um, you know, you could talk about this stuff for ever about the nitty gritty of, you know, what's important, you know, do you want a smaller, more profitable business? So do you want a, a business that's at a, a certain level of growth and maybe your profit margin is um, slightly lower, but there's different things being offered, different programs being offered. So there's so many different ways to kind of assess growth. But for us, it's always going to be top line revenue and we have good margin set up. So we know if our top line revenue is growing, then we're maintaining a good profit margin, which allows us to continue to reinvest in the business because our goal is to continue to grow year after year and making sure we're bringing in revenue to invest back into the business for growth so we can continue to do a good job for for our clients for our members so we can continue to provide our staff with opportunities to grow and build their career um, and in the event that something happens such as a closure or a shutdown for a period of time your business is healthy enough to kind of survive um, any, you know, imminent threats, I guess you can call them. 
Sure, for sure. And I, and this is a good, good segue to the second thing. I had this conversation with a colleague the other day um, about personal training. And I, I think that, you know, I definitely found myself with this mindset in my early 20s. Um, you know, like the only way to grow in personal training is to pursue a position in management, right? And like to climb kind of like the corporate ladder. And that's like how you really achieve growth and career growth in a service-based industry. And I don't necessarily mean, think it needs to be like, like personal training, but like any, any, anything where you're delivering a, a service, right? You're trading um, essentially at some point, you know, money for time. Right. So, right. um, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Like how do personal trainers grow in the industry? You're speaking specifically to person, like, so growth, you mean like, how does someone generate like career growth? For yeah, like, career I mean, growth? it can be any of that, right. It can be any of that. And that's kind of like the punchline that I, I got to is like, you know, when I was 24 personal trainer with a wait list, I was like, you know, like the next step for me is, is, is management, right? Like I've, I've clapped out personal training, like management, here I come. When really, if I could go back almost a decade and tell, tell myself like, you're a personal trainer with a wait list. Why were you not scaling your services? Right? Yeah, like, exactly. And I, and I would say that most, most personal trainers probably are not management material. So, you know, no one signs up or decides to become a certified personal trainer because they want to be a manager. A lot of people become certified trainers because they either a love working out, had their own success story with working out and they want to be helpful towards others. Um, and they find this career pretty appealing for their lifestyle, right? You get to work out, you have some flexibility in your schedule and you get to help other people become healthier. So when you become a, a manager, yes, you have some of those things, of course, but I think, you lose a little bit of kind of the novelty of why you became a personal trainer as you absorb some of the managerial responsibilities. So if we're speaking exclusively to someone who wants to become a personal trainer, like you said, your goal is to maximize the people that you work with, right? So if you're a personal trainer and you have a wait list and you're offering exclusively one-on-one -on -one training, then it's time for you to offer some semi-private or some small group training. So now you have maximize, you know, revenue coming in for each hour that you're working. And, you know, after some small group training and personal training, maybe you start to do some remote coaching. Maybe you start to do some program design. There's lots of different ways for trainers to maximize growth and maximize revenue streams. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, can you get people, a lot of people, to want to work with you and utilize your expertise and utilize your skills for a long period of time, right? You don't want to be chasing new clients every single month. You want to get a client and your goal should be to never lose that client ever. And if you continue to focus on of those things, you're going to grow as a coach. You'll probably be making some pretty decent income. So you can invest in some new education, which will justify you raising your rates. So it's just, build your book of clients, then build the revenue you're making per hour, try and offer some things that you could like, if you're offering remote coaching and maybe you could work on some remote coaching things on the hours that are very uncommon for people to train in and you've got some revenue coming in that way. And if you get good enough and you're providing a good enough service, then you, know, you talk about a rate increase with people. And that's, a pretty, I think, um, 
reasonable way for personal trainers to grow. And then look, if you want to become a manager, then great. That's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. If you have a really big business of people, then maybe you decide to open your own facility and these people now work under your business and under your brand. That's an option as well. Um, so there's plenty of ways you can go, but at the end of the day, the most important thing is you're going to be uh, a respected authority for helping people become fitter, helping people become healthier, and people will enjoy spending time and being around you and have no issue, you know, having a financial relationship with you either. Boom. From the man himself who's climbed everywhere from, from management to, to peon personal trainer to big time personal <laughs> trainer to slinging in parks and things. And, and I totally, and I, I will say, I, John didn't get much of an introduction. If you don't know who John Moljo is, if you've been listening to the Three Things podcast and you don't know who John Moljo is, you are not a real fan. You, I'm calling you out right now. You're not a real fan. <laughs> John, like I said, this is probably like number eight, nine, ten. I don't even know. Um, John and I always have phenomenal conversations whenever we do a pod together. So if you enjoy the little tidbits you're getting from this conversation, you got to go back to search John Moljo, iTunes, Spotify. I mean, just for the love of all things, go to the Google machine and type in Three Things podcast, John Moljo. They'll show right up. But um, John, I don't want you to machine, I, I like that. Yeah, the Google <laughs> machine. I don't think I was shortchanging your introduction. It's because I'm just assuming at this point you was the best <laughs> know when John Moljo's cover art is on a podcast. <laughs> By the way, we got to talk about that. We got to find some new cover art or something. You, yeah, send me. Do you have like a? Do you have like a? Do you have like a professionally shot picture of you on an assault? I've got an, uh, yeah, I actually will have one of those very yeah, soon. I know you will. So you should I, just send me that. I just got a professional shot of me mixing it up on my DJ equipment downstairs. Okay. So that might be some I'm good gonna, cover art. I'll tell you what, I already know the answer to this. I'm going to reach out to Nicole and Nicole <laughs> will provide me with your cover art for the next podcast. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> for those that don't know, you should also go back and listen to my podcast with Nicole Madonia, who I believe John titled general manager of Team Oljo. Right? Yeah, she has He's whatever title she wants. She is the, the president, vice president, treasurer, co-founder of Team Moljo. Um, she's, she's the GOAT. She is the GOAT of Team Moljo for sure. Um, the, the pulse, maybe. John is the heart. She is the pulse. I'll take that. Yeah. That's actually, I'd be really fun. Uh, we'll probably do that offline because no one knows the names of your staff, but I would love to know what organ each of your staff <laughs> of the human body um ah. shout out shout out steve ryan and ramen i would love to know what the three dudes are you'd be like uh right lung uh kidney um i don't know steve though steve steve might have a second career in male porn i don't i don't know that man bodybuilder porn could be calling him um well now we're derailing this this pod is yeah. <laughs> but i'm totally here for it um john unprecedented third question do you have anything you want to address to the audience of the three things podcast do you have a third thing that you want to talk about i think when you and i speak often it's generally around business it's generally around sometimes leadership and trainers who essentially i think are very focused on coaching and not necessarily focused on other skill sets that, um, you know, 
take the other skill sets it takes to be successful in, in fitness. But I will say over the past couple of years, like I've furthered my skills significantly as like a technical coach. And I think, you know, having worked with like Phil McDougal and having read a lot of Dan John books and obviously having more experience around different demographics and doing a lot of coaching and obviously training myself. I don't want to say my mindset has shifted, but I think that's an area I would like to add value in to the three things audience, like, you know, coaching and program design and how you continue to take clients through like a fitness journey. So they continue to buy into, you know, wanting to be active, wanting to be healthy, but also wanting to be committed to paying to continue to train for a lifetime. Keep talking. What are we, so where where are we going with that? I mean, there's many of directions that we can go, but I think one of the biggest things that, that comes to mind is essentially, you know, programming for your clients. And most people, when they come in and train, they're either, they're, they're just doing a workout. Right. And I think a lot of people, if they do personal training, like once a week, or if they're coming in and they're just like taking a class, there isn't, I don't want to say there is no direction or no purpose, but it's how do you get people to feel like I know why I'm here doing this. I know what the next steps are going to be and what my potential outcome should be. And it's getting your clients to buy into that. And education has been huge for our clients. I think what differentiates Team Mojo from a lot of other facilities is the fact that we do spend a lot of time educating our clients on the who's, the what's, the why's. And we do spend a lot of time coaching and correcting people. Um, And they get it from six different coaches. So I would say that for a lot of you coaches out there that are maybe struggling, keeping clients, or your clients aren't really making progress, right? You need to ask yourself, like, are my clients setting goals and are they actually achieving those goals? And if they're not achieving those goals, what is it that you could be doing as a coach to help them out? And most of the time, the answer is probably not going to be in program design, but it's going to be in like, that person's lifestyle. So how knowledgeable, uh, how knowledgeable are you about their, you know, place of work, their other physical commitments in life, their sleep schedule, their nutrition, their hydration, their stress levels, their family life. What are the external factors going on in their life that are preventing them from maximizing the time that they're spending with you? And I think a lot of coaches neglect Uh, learning about those things they think that you know their clients are just coming in and they do a workout and once their client leaves they're you know apparently supposed to be experiencing all the results and all the benefits from the one hour or two hour workout that they just had and reality is that's not it you know reality is your job is being influential for the hours that they're not with you because that's when they're going to experience the most amount of success and that's I think what separates good coaches from great coaches is are your clients making the right decisions when they're not with you? And that takes a different level of skill set and I think a different level of maturity um, 
to be self-aware enough to know that this person has a lot of other things going on in their life. And this is how those other things are impacting them and potentially limiting, you know, limiting them in the areas that we want them to be progressing in. So being self-aware and and intelligent enough to identify those things and then formulating a plan. And I think you can find a plan that works and a great coach will sit and help design a plan. And after you design the plan, you really help execute the plan with your client. I like two things you said in there. And I want to just rehash for people who, who, you know, there's a lot of good nuggets, but two things that really stood out to me um, was one, like asking questions, right? Like, like asking questions to really understand what's going on. Cause you, they used a good word in there. Like what we do in the one, two, three hours a week, we see our, our, our members, our clients, the people we work with, um, you know, we should be in the use the word influence, right? Like we should be helping them inspire change for the other hours. They're not with us rather than just trying to cram so many like little things in or, or like make the workout purely transactional. Like someone comes in, they do a workout, they leave. And like, we just hope that they're doing everything right in between sessions or whatever. The word influence I think is really good because I think that a lot of coaches miss that, right? Like you're saying, like, they just think like, I'm a trainer, you're coming in to get a workout, get your workout, get out, I'm onto the next one, pay me, whatever. Right. And in order to have that influence, like you said, like you have to invest in yourself and you have to have the education for the other lifestyle factors that can. And I like the phrase you use, limit the progress or limit the potential that your clients, members, et cetera, are gonna be able to achieve away from you. If you're not addressing sleep quality, if you're not addressing right. diet, nutrition, right. if you're not addressing lifestyle habits and so now my follow-up question for you, John, share some of the goods, man. Like what have you, what has really helped you broaden your knowledge base in that? Cause I think sometimes coaches just don't have confidence in that, right? Like, like if someone doesn't understand sleep, if someone doesn't understand different types of stress, like they're not, they're just going to sound goofy talking about it, or they just won't have the confidence to talk about it. Like what, what has really helped you? whether it's educational resources, way you ask questions or, or, or whatnot, really progress as a technician in, in the training industry? Well, I think number one, self-experience, you know, as a business owner now for, for quite some time and someone who's balanced a lot of responsibilities and has still made a commitment to their own fitness and their own health and their own wellness, you, you tend to be able to empathize with people who've got a lot of other shit going on in their life and tend to struggle with trying to make certain things a priority. So I think personal experience myself, being able to continue to get better, learn more and implement things that are going to help me be healthier, be more productive. Those things are, are, are definitely beneficial and allow me to you know, share those experiences with my clients, but experience with the clients has been, you know, very impactful. I've listened to people give me the same objections over and over and over again. I've listened to people talk about the same struggles over and over and over again. And most of these people think they're on an island on their own with the problems that they're having. And the reality is they're not. Most people experience the same issues. Most people don't get enough sleep. Most people have some lingering family issues going on at home. Most people don't enjoy 
being at work. Most people don't think they have time to meal prep. Most people don't think that they can exercise as often as they think they can exercise. And if you listen to people and let them talk through these issues, they're essentially going to give you all you need to hear to provide them with a solution, right? They're going to tell you, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. And your job is to, I think, acknowledge that you're listening to what they're telling you. And hey, based on what you're telling me, I understand how X, Y, and Z might not be a good fit for you or might not be a good fit for your life. So let's try, you know, these things and see how they work. And most people, once they get a little bit of momentum and a little bit of success, then they'll send, they'll start to fall in place a little bit better. Um, and I think being able to talk people through the failures that they're going to experience prior to experiencing those failures. Like if you can be proactive about the difficulty or some of the obstacles people are going to face when they face those obstacles and be like, Oh, John actually told me that this was going to happen. So like, this is part of the process and I'm going to get through this. And here's what he said I should do if this does happen. And he said, you know, not to freak out because this is, this is part of the journey. This is part of the process. So um, you know, I, I think I talked about this last time on your podcast, but I'm really huge on, you know, having taken people through a weight loss journey, having taken people through a performance uh, goal journey, having taken people through like a psychological journey, you tend to, you know, find the commonalities of these things and you see similar obstacles just continue to show up and continue to be um, present. And if people know about that, like if I'm going to take on it, like if I was going to be when I opened my first gym and someone told me all of the problems I was going to have prior to opening my gym, I probably would have tried to A, avoid them and then B, not have like complete meltdowns when they did happen because I knew they were coming. Like if you know all of the bad that is potentially going to happen, just think about how much more successful you could be and how better the decisions, your decision making process is going to be. Well, trainers, this, this pod, I will say, I, you know, sometimes I, I have pods that are for like non, non gym people, fitness enthusiasts. Um, I feel like John, like anytime you and I do talk, like we talk to, we're talking to young trainers. We're talking to people yeah. who are, are fitness enthusiasts that are maybe thinking about making the jump into training. And I just, one thing that I, and I, I don't want it to ever go on un, untold or unnoticed is like, when you guys listen to some of these guests and John's a really good example of this, like the level of detail that you just see, like John just put in, like, it, it's not just working with, it's not, there's nothing transactional about this, right? Like when you work with people in, in any, any industry, like I, I talked to my mom about this. She did a podcast. My mom's been a hairdresser for 35 plus years or whatever. And, you know, like she said in her podcast, it's one of the most profound lines I think I've, I've heard. She's like, I don't, I mean, it's more than a haircut right? Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it's, what we do, it's more than a workout. It's not just come in oh and do God, some yeah. squats and leave. Like, like the notion of the, of fitness being a vehicle for all of these other things, like it's, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Yeah. I get, I mean, I'm on kind of, this is kind of a, a tangent, but like, I hate when people are like, you have the opportunity to work out, right? Like, like op- it's a, it's a the fitness and, and going to the gym and being, doing a workout, like is, is a blessing. And I'm not saying it's not, but, but like, like you just said, there's people that like, 
who don't want to go to the gym, right? Like for whatever reason, whatever practicality, like of it, like there's a lot of different ways to, uh, to improve your health and improve your fitness and going to the gym is, is a great way to be in an environment that'll do that. But right. um, what I think goes unnoticed bringing it full circle is when you have the quality people around you in your journey and you have people in the environment that, you know, like if you think you, if you want to improve your fitness, spending some time in a fitness facility is a great way to start that, whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, like if you're just like not a gym person, like there's other ways you can do it. But I think it's just really important that you surround yourself with people that have just a little bit of perspective and just a little bit more of in-depth thinking around the subject matter that you maybe don't know, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. So right. uh, I just don't want it to ever go unnoticed when like, like people who are, are listening to this and their fitness enthusiasts, like this is the level of detail. If you want to be successful in the profession that you should, you should be striving for. And I would say that, you know, most trainers aren't successful because their clients are looking forward to, Oh, I wonder what, I wonder if he's going to make me lift a barbell or a kettlebell today. You know, perfect example, just this morning, uh, I train a lot of families, but separate. So I'll train like a mom, then I'll train a son, then I'll train a husband, then I'll train a wife, and then I'll train their kids. So I get the family story essentially from everybody in the family. So uh, I'm training a mom this morning and 6 a.m. And one of the first things she says is like, oh, Jack came home last night. I had worked, I had worked with her son the evening before. And he says to her, I just really like talking to John. And then he asked her, do you ever think there'll be a point in my life where like, I can't like talk to John or like reach out to John. And it's moments like these that I realize how important it is, you know, what, what I'm doing. And, you know, it's not like he went home and was like, Oh, I really like that dumbbell chest press, you know, goblet squat workout John made me do. It wasn't that it was the fact that he had a place that he can go to, to talk to someone about things that, you know, maybe he doesn't have someone else to talk to about. And he got some different perspective and different feedback. And that compelled him enough to go home and have a level of concern of whether or not he'll be able to do this (laughs) for the foreseeable future. And when you get people doing shit like that, that's when you know that you're, you're doing something right and to keep doing it and just to keep trying to get better at it. And I want more people to feel that way. And, you know, it just gives me reassurance that, you know, you you made a good decision with what you wanted to do in your life and continue to focus on creating more situations like that. And, you know, what you're doing is a lot more important than the technical portions of fitness for sure. Boom, mic drop. Turn my music up in the headphones. I think it'd be really interesting. Like, we'll we'll have to do a separate pod on this, John. I'm sure number eleven is is in our future. Um, whatever number we're at, but like, like just it'd be really fun to talk. I mean, maybe John, we would talk about this offline. Should we bring back the lab and do like a virtual summit? Yeah, I'd resurrect that in a heartbeat, bro. I mean, we should talk about this offline because I really think a virtual summit, um, like personal trainer development summit, would be interesting. I'm with it.
we oh, should which do I, I think uh, either next week or the following week, I'm going to be doing a uh, virtual presentation to the Plattsburgh major. So trying to get oh. that, in, that invite for that for sure. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, future professor John Moljo. For those that don't know, John, <laughs> are you one year out from college again, John? Or did you graduate this time last year? Are you one year out? Post yeah, May, May. Wow, nice, dude. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on being one year out again. Thanks, man. Uh, Appreciate it. Really good. I mean, it's amazing. Graduate and there's a pandemic and you get to use all that. I mean, talk about getting put to the test. Holy smokes, dude. Holy smokes. Um, John, do you want to plug anything on this podcast right now that you maybe have in the hopper? If you don't, <laughs> I will. Do you want me to plug Nicole's air bike book? Or yes, I do want you to plug Nicole's <laughs> air bike book. Yes, I do. All right, here we go. So uh, I have been working on an air bike training manual. For those of you who do not know, I am a air bike fanatic. I love fanatic bike. Is, a, is a generous way. Uh, I love the air bike. So I designed an air bike manual that is going to be up on Amazon. Probably today is April... 9th will probably be up and running before April 15th and I'm excited to um, share my knowledge with the air bike and help people uh, become better versions of themselves and essentially units with unstoppable engines and cardio and conditioning with this program so I will plug that bike uh, manual and I will give 100% credit to Nicole the yes. goat madonia nicole the goat the manager the general manager the brains the muscles the anything and everything at the tech savvy the tech savvy wizard she is for helping me <laughs> do most of the heavy lifting on the creating uh the creation of this manual so shout out to her but I will definitely plug that air bike manual. And if you were looking for individualized coaching or mm -hmm. an air bike program, I offer remote coaching. So feel free to reach out. If you're ever in the Westchester County area, shoot T Moljo a DM on Instagram. You could shoot me a message on Facebook, John Moljo. Doors are always open. Come check out the facility, grab a workout. Happy to welcome any three things podcast. Uh, three things podcast. You got it. The magic password is three things. Um, resident, <laughs> three things. Just watch it like, yo, it's John Moser, resident, resident DJ of the three things podcast. In here, can I grab so a let's hear, So let's hear. Because I feel like you were gonna do a better plug than I just did for the bike. And the well, no, I no, you're good. I mean, you definitely milked the thanks to Nicole. I, I, I just, I, I mean, I deserve. But um, you know, like it's yeah, like if you guys, like I've known John for a long time and john has been a freak with assault bikes air bikes echo bikes whatever you want like i have an echo bike and, and john would be just ashamed if he knew how much i rode it slash how hard i actually went on it um the stuff that john the numbers john puts up on these fan bikes is ridiculous and um if you've ever been on an assault bike or fan bike or whatever you know that it will take your soul in in under five seconds if you command it to and what John's been able to do, it's phenomenal. And a lot of this aerobic work and anaerobic work, like I, I've told him like, I'm, that's my next program I'm going on for the summer. I'll be, I'll be tiling that up here at the start of May, most likely um, first half of May. And uh, I'm sure I will have John on again to curse him out. Cause I look forward to doing the program that he puts out. So 
um, check it out. If you're a fanatic on an assault bike, um, you got to check it out. So, and then John has some other really cool things in the hopper too. So maybe we'll, we'll get a plug for that once they're a little bit more firmed up on the next pod. Um, John Muljo, my boo, my bae, my number one. Thank you so much for joining me on the three things podcast. Always a pleasure. Thank you.